Today, I would like to introduce our special guest, Diana Garner. I've known Diana many years, and uh, she taught my children, and uh, I felt 
that they had a wonderful education, thanks to Diana. Uh, Diana taught in our local school corporation history, world history, and Latin for 37 years and touched the lives of thousands of children. But that did not stop her in her quest to help children. As, in, as soon as she retired, practically, the September that she retired, she took on the directorship of Kids Hope. And Kids Hope has been in our community for seven and a half years. And uh, I and my husband have been a part of the Kids Hope since Diana began it seven and a half years ago. And it is an amazing program. I know many of you are involved as a mentor or maybe a prayer partner. And I hope that some of you, after listening to Diana today, will feel that you might be called to be a part of this ministry. So here's Diana. Good morning. You're my third audience for this. So I hope I still have some steam left for you, right? <clears throat> Here you have the Kids Hope logo. The premise behind Kids Hope USA is a program that was developed by Virgil Golker in Michigan. Would it be possible to help a child by meeting with them just one hour per week for the school year? Well, as he worked on this, he determined that it should be a faith-based group from one church per school. We have, however, welcomed all local churches to take part in this program because our kids need this. Dr. Gulker's program worked and has been working now for 21 years. It's tried, tested, and proven. Kids Hope USA is the largest faith-based mentoring program in our nation. All over our country, teacher-selected elementary children are being mentored in the Kids Hope program. A trained adult goes to school once a week for an hour and visits, studies, and plays games with that selected child. All children need an adult who will listen to them. I don't have all the numbers, but some of these kids are graduating from high school and college and training schools because a mentor was their friend who listened to their fears and concerns, assisted them with their lessons, spent time with them on a regular basis, and loved them. We are told to demonstrate love as Christians, as Jesus would have us do. What better way than to demonstrate this love to a child? We started in Elwood seven and a half years ago with just ten mentors from my church, First United Methodist. How this began was eight years ago our pastor was Chris Dare, and he found himself waiting at school with other pastors to help the students and staff after the second elementary suicide in a short span of time. He heard the school guidance counselor walk by him, and her comment was, these kids have no hope. Well, two weeks later, a letter from an organization called Kids Hope USA reached his desk. He contacted the group and then he showed our congregation a video clip and asked if anyone from our congregation would like to serve as director. While I was just retiring from teaching, took a little time off and thought about it and decided to help our kids find hope. What does this involve? Well, can you listen? Can you listen to a child who is overlooked at home who shows promise to the teacher, but the teacher can't give them one-on-one -on -one time? Can you help? Can you help with lessons and help with their questions? And their questions are on a variety of topics. 
Can you care? Can you demonstrate love for this lonely child? Can you encourage them when the spelling score goes from five right to eight right? After you've helped with the list, can you say, fist bump, good job? Right? Can you do that? Can you have fun? Can you play Uno or color with sidewalk chalk? Can you be a friend? Help them learn to tie their shoes, shake hands, say please and thank you, develop some poise and help them feel good about their efforts. By the way, if you're worried about teaching someone to tie their shoes and you have to bend over to do it, I've learned the trick on that. Have the kid practice the shoelace on your knee. Works just fine. They still learn how to tie their shoes. Comment from a teacher I'd like to read to you. This is Mrs. G, not this Mrs. G, it's some other Mrs. G who taught school somewhere. These mentors take their time, money, and energy to invest in our kids. Your investment is paying off. For some of these kids, that is the hour that they look forward to all week. They want to see their mentor. Well, we obviously need more adults to mentor than any one church in Elwood can offer. So we've invited all of our churches to be involved in this effort. The program is based rather on those mega churches where they have thousands of people taking part in things. And we don't have that here. We have several small churches. So with the approval, reluctantly, of the Kids Hope National staff, I have opened this up to all churches, and we now have 13 or 14 churches taking part in it. We have one prayer partner who is praying down in South Carolina for everyone up here. It works, right? It doesn't matter where you are. We had one semester with 10 people from my church at that time, and we knew right away we needed more than one church. This was not a one church program. Okay, do you have these qualities? Are you someone who can listen? Can you help? Are you someone who cares? Can you be a cheerleader? Do you like to have fun? Can you be a friend? Our current numbers, we currently have 17 mentors and their prayer partners helping at our Elwood schools. Of the mentors, currently, one is only at Elwood Elementary because we've just started school, and 14 are at the intermediate school, and then we have two at the junior-senior high school building. We've just started school, and the teachers will be identifying new students who are in need of a mentor. We've had kids move over the summer, and the list of children to be mentors changes often throughout the school year. Sometimes I never know from week to week what children are at school for mentoring or whether they've moved. We've had mentors before, a large number, and I'd like to see us grow again. Mentoring isn't for the faint of heart. And some mentors have stopped because of the age of their child. They've aged out of the program, or they've changed jobs, or moved to other towns. This happens. The children move, the adults move, this is what happens. My personal feeling is that we should start with first grade. The program allows for us to start with kindergarten, but for our students, that's when they have the first full day of school and like to stay, I'd like for them to stay with that one teacher all day and not have interruptions. We go through the intermediate school. When we get to seventh and eighth graders with a different scheduling system, uh, for instance, I pick my little guy up in the mornings and take him to breakfast at Hardy's on Wednesdays. We touch base. I make sure he's okay with his schoolwork. He always says, I'm fine. You know, kids, right? He always says, I'm fine, it's okay. But he knows I'm gonna ask him anyhow, right? That's just the nature of the bird. 
but we have kids coming and going. What do they need? They need someone who will be faithful. These kids need someone who will show up at school to spend one hour each week with this child. That's what they need. They move and they come and they go. They need someone who is consistently in their lives. For some of our children, we never know where they're going to be living. No clue where they're living. Mentors will ask me for addresses and I'll say, okay, I'll check on this because we don't know. And sometimes the school doesn't know either. Just no clue. Mentors help improve self-esteem. Okay? Did you ever look at a grandparent or a neighbor down the street or maybe an aunt or uncle when you were a kid and you could talk to them? They would listen to you far better than your parents would listen to you. Anyone else have trouble with their parents listening to them? You're not gonna raise your hands, are you? But you know what I mean, right? Just didn't quite work the same. But you had someone with whom you could speak and they would listen to you. And you knew that they understood you and they, you knew that you mattered to them. That's what's important. That's what's important. Can you help a child redo a lesson, make corrections, practice their spelling, read, finish an assignment? Okay, I must confess, math is not my strong suit. And I asked Rhonda Lertzma, a former math teacher, to be my prayer partner. And her comment was, oh, Diana, I don't think I can pray hard enough to help you with math. So luckily, I'm married to Mr. Math, and that works. He helps me with things. And no, the children are learning different ways of taking on their lessons. But that's fine, too. I let them show me what they're doing. How do they do it? Then I do it my old Diana way from years ago, right? And if we end up with the same answer, we decide we're golden. It's good. It works. We both got the same answer. They go, how are you doing that? I said, never mind. Do your way. I'll do mine. We'll see what happens, right? You help with their homework, right? Okay, playing games. Do I always win when I play Connect Four with a student? No. They whop me at that. Um, in fact, I'm not very good at a lot of things. When our grandson Daniel was six, I was playing checkers with him, and his comment was, Grandma, are you even paying attention? I just can't see the big picture. Now he's trying to help me learn chess. And I said, now, Grandma, this is going to be educational. I will teach you how to play this game. He's now eight. Can you help them learn to take turns? Yes. Can you help them learn about winning and losing? Yes. And controlling their anger and their frustration. This is a big step for kids. Someone has to help them with games, winning, losing, and taking turns. My first little gal, <clears throat> um, we were playing trouble. It's a game where you bounce this thing on the top. And she kept going. She was doing great. She just kept bouncing. I finally, <clears throat> may I have a turn? Oh, oh, yes, it's your turn. Go ahead, take several turns. I said, no, just let me have a turn. They don't always understand this, okay? Can you help a child smile? I bet you can. Let's see some smiles. Make funny faces, smiles, right? Whatever they are. You can help a child smile. Yes, you can. This guy's really smiling. The child is smiling. You can't tell it, but he is, right? Do you have a circle of friends? My circle of friends is large. I know a lot of you. 
I know of a lot of people in town. I've had lots of kids in town. Many of them now are much taller than I. I have some students who have gray hair now. Oh no, right? But they're my circle of friends. Can you fit into a child's circle? Could you be their friend? Okay, this is the system how we have it working. You as a mentor, you don't work with a child unless you have a prayer partner. Now this is someone you choose, someone you know very well. People said, oh Diana, just choose someone for me. No, 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 no. You choose your own prayer partner. This is someone who can help you talk through issues your child is facing. You get through the time with them and you can call them up and say, we did such and such. Oh, I'm not sure I explained it right. I'm not sure I handled it well, but we got through the lesson. Okay, okay. This is someone with whom you can vent. I called Rhonda Lertzma one time. She was at work, so I left this huge voicemail message for her. She called me the back, back the next day. She said, are you calmed down yet? I said, no. She said, I'll call tomorrow. I was really still wound up, just so frustrated with what was going on for my little child. This is someone who can help you laugh with the good, about the good things. This prayer partner is not known to the child, and we do not use the term prayer partner at school. This term isn't mentioned to the child, it's not mentioned at school. This is for you. This is your support in prayer. Now, your prayer partner is able to write notes to support the child, become a special friend, kind of like a pen pal. Um, we don't mention the term prayer partner or anything about churches while we were at school. Um, one little gal walked in one day, plopped down, and she said, okay, what's all this about the Trinity? I'm going, oh no. I said, okay, where did you hear about the Trinity? She said, well, aunt so-and-so took me to church last night. I said, okay. I said, there are some people who believe there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the, Hol or God the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. She said, oh, is that all it is? I said, yeah. She said, oh, okay. I thought I was going to have to have a major theology discussion with her, but I didn't. Um, there, there are three parts to this. You might have noticed in the previous slide, and I, I kind of jumped through that, and I'm sorry. But you have the mentor and the prayer partner and the child, and you all work under God, under God's watchful eyes. Um, I long taught my students that the Romans had three legs on their stools because that was stronger. Well, of course, they thought I was nuts. I said, no, I sat on every Roman stool there's ever been. They're sturdy. And some of the kids sadly believed me. Yes, I was an ancient Roman. But then we came to realize when you rock back on a four-legged chair, you, could, you sit on two legs. Okay, when you rock back on a stool, oh, wait, that's right. You can't rock back on a stool because it is so strong and sturdy. So you have the mentor and the prayer partner and the child. And that three-way visitation is what gives it its strength. You pray for this child. Thanks for backing up. I'm sorry I'm kind of jumping a little bit here. I'm getting kind of wound up talking. I'm sorry. Um, the prayer partner can write them, if you'd like to go back to the front slide, thank you. can write letters, and that's helpful. All right, this is a... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just jumping around. I apologize. Uh, this is a little kid named Zeke. I don't know Zeke, uh, but I look at that face and it, to me it says thousands of things. It's like, oh boy, what do I do now? Or, oh boy, I gotta smile and look happy because the teacher's looking at me. Or, I don't know what I'm doing. I 
see all kinds of things in that little guy's face. Right? See all kinds of things in his little face. Could you help him? Could you say, what's going on in your mind? What are you thinking about? That's what's important. Now, this is Zeke again playing ball with a man. And a lot of children are quite hesitant when they first get their mentor, and they will test you and try you out. About after three or four weeks of coming, they'll, then they'll start to act up, and you're thinking, why? Where did this come from? They're testing you because they have so many people who come and go in their lives. They constantly hear about uncle so-and-so, or aunt so-and-so, or he's kind of an uncle because he's living with us now, or the one that bothers me the most is, I'm supposed to call him dad, but he really isn't. Not just, it's not what I like to hear from these children. People come and go all the time. So what do we need? We need people who are faithful. You will not disappear from this child's life. And that's what this child needed. He needed someone to stay with him. Would this person stay? What? We can barely hear you. Technical difficulties. Thank you, Kevin. That should be okay. I'm sorry. Are you able to hear me now better? I apologize that some of you weren't able to hear me well. I didn't realize I had it on upside down. Can you tell I have trouble with computers and stuff too? It's just not my strong suit. So I apologize if I've spoken about some things and you could not hear me clearly. Please see me after the service and I'll be glad to speak with you about them. Um, this is people coming and going from this kid's life. And this is what a lot of our children have. They don't know who their brothers and sisters are. They don't know who their parents are. It gets really awkward. I picked up a little guy one time, and a girl came to the door, and I said, I'm here for so-and-so, and she said, okay. And I, when I walked him out to my car, I said, who was that? And he said, my sister. I said, I didn't know you had a sister. He said, I didn't either. This is how their lives are. Total, total mess. They need someone in their lives who is there, someone who will show up faithfully and be there every week. For many of our children, the mentor is their consistent figure. They can count on their mentor. And I've shared this with some people. They said, I don't know where he's living this week. I said, but you're going to be at school for him, aren't you? Yeah. I said, that's what he needs. That's what this child needs. They need you to be there for them. Okay, this child did pick up a mentor. And this child did find hope. And that's what this is all about, helping them find hope. You remember hearing that word earlier, if you could hear me, sorry. But you remember hearing the word hope? That's the premise behind this whole thing. <clears throat> okay, Fred showed up each week, and the walls around Zeke's heart began to come down. I see a different child in this picture than I do from that first picture. And I don't know this Zeke kid at all. But to me, I see an entirely different posture in his appearance. He's comfortable. He's with someone he knows he can trust. And this, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen for a lot of our children. Okay, I've already done that one, sorry. <laughs> okay, look at this little girl. Could you sit down with her for an hour a week and help her with her lessons and listen to her giggly little stories or her troubles or the bullies or the whatever's going on in her world? Could you sit down with her an hour a week and work with this child? 
I sure could. Okay, what is hope? This is one of several definitions. Hope is renewed through a faithful mentor. This is one of several definitions. But the mentor comes faithfully. Now you might be a little concerned at this point because you might be thinking, um, what if something happens and I can't be there? That happens. Call me, I will let the school know, or you can contact the teacher and let them know, as long as we let the child know that you have a very good reason to not be there. Other than that, working with this child is part of your plan. Your plans for the day, your plans for the week, it includes that child. They are now a part of your life, and you are a big part of their life. This is what hope is. Um, can you give a kid a high five? Sure you can. For these children that we have in our school system, having an adult who comes every week to school just to see them is wonderful. This child thinks, oh, I matter to someone. This person takes time out of his or her day. Sometimes they take their lunch time and they come spend time with me and they study with me and they play games with me and they listen to me and they answer my questions. That's what's important. The children need someone one-on-one -on -one to be with them. You can change a life by smiling, being a friend, knowing their name, and bringing hope to them. In closing, if you would be interested at all in learning more about mentoring, please contact me. We are the only D Garner in the phone book, so you're welcome to call at any time. Um, there are currently lots of children on our waiting list, and you could be that one person who could make a difference in a child's life by mentoring. Thank you so much. Stop.